0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Welcome to Melody Radio. The Nightlight is a way through Bible Fellowship's late night biblical counseling program. For the next hour, you can call in, text, or message, email us at counseling at abfpdx.org. We will video chat you even over Facebook Messenger. Our phone number is 971 208 5290, and our chat profiles are in the link. We are here to have relevant and biblical problem solving conversations about the difficult issues that nobody prefers to talk about. If you or someone you know needs help, talk to us. The camera's on for the next hour. I'm Pastor Josh with ABF's Chaplains and Training. This is... Jacob. And... Justine. And hiding in the control booth with her mommy tonight. As always, not as always, is producer Jasmine. Uh, let's go ahead and do this. So, wow, that opening was so loud. <laughs> okay, anyway. <clears throat> tonight... Uh, we are going to be talking about a topic that is pretty universal in nature, and uh, this is our penultimate episode for the season. For those of you who don't know, penultimate means... <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, penultimate means second to last. So the, oh, so, yeah, of course. so you learn something new every day. So the, the penultimate episode... Of uh, season two of uh, Nightlight Radio, and we're dealing with self esteem at the top of the show. Um, If somebody that, uh, if you know somebody that has issues with self esteem, self worth, um, issues with sort of uh, lack of understanding themselves in general, um, and is like struggling through that, now is a good time to share this. Or if you don't want to do that live, you know, keep that in mind and remember to share it later. Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about here next week, which will be the finale of season two. um, We are going to be talking about deconstruction, and I'll explain what that is a little bit later. Hopefully, Jake can remind me to (laughs) to walk through that. Um, But anyway, so we're going to intro the topic here of self-esteem or uh, self-worth. And what we're really talking about here is sort of a lack of self-esteem or a lack of self-worth. And um, yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and get started. This is a topic that's near and dear to pretty much everybody um, that deals with anything. And so, sorry, I got to turn off my phone. Oh, wait, I can just flick a little button. There we go. Um, so this is a topic that's near and dear to pretty much everybody. Um, everybody kind of deals with it. Uh, in their own way, at different times, depending on what you're dealing with in terms of like uh, your life situation. And um, it's r- it really falls into the realm of insecurity about self. So to define it, self-esteem is your opinion of yourself. And people with healthy self-esteem um, are people who are thought of as people who like value themselves they value who they are and their identity, they value their achievements, and they do that um, not, as a, not as a part of insecurity, where they sort of like uh, rep themselves, but they just have a um, realistic value of themselves and they're, they're fine with it. Um, so on the, on the other side of that, people with a low self-esteem um, are people who generally lack confidence, and they feel unhappy. They feel unsatisfied. Um, and specifically, not necessarily with life, um, although it is with life, but that's more peripheral. They, they feel unsatisfied with life because they really feel unsatisfied with themselves. Um, they're not happy with who they are as a person. So um, the other thing that should be noted is that self-esteem is something that has to be developed, it's not something that can be given to a person. So uh, yeah, so that's basically the topic there as we're talking about self-esteem, and we just have kind of a few questions that we're going to work through, Jacob and Justine uh, are going to share with us a little bit later in the show, and um, yeah, and so uh, it should should be a pretty quick show. You guys want to say anything before we keep going?
1: No, I'm fine. No. We're good. All right.
0: Um, so let's go ahead and talk about causes of self-esteem. Do you want to? You want to start on that, Jake?
1: Sure. So the or lack
0: of self-esteem. So yeah.
1: Um, so a big one uh, is the um, the I guess the mindset that would stop you from taking risks or developing a sense of initiative and skills for just anything, practical, everyday life choices. Um, So um, I guess it could be started from what we talked about in our last show, feeling motivated, and going on that rhythm would then make you develop a lack of self-esteem. And then on that, you go into a lack of competence um, or um, confidence, Um, So you wouldn't really have the practical ability to uh, perform tasks because you just don't do them. Um, You don't understand how. And then that would also cause you to doubt yourself as capable. Um, Then uh, that also would then lower your standards for completing a task. So if you were to have any sort of drive, it would be short fused and um, you would easily give up on it. Or pass that to someone else or just explain that you can't do it based off of some um, random excuse that's not actually reality. It's just how you perceive yourself.
0: Yeah, it's very quick to say I can't. Yep. Uh, Yeah. So um, we kind of compiled like a list of effects. I don't know if you want to go down that list so we can quickly get them off the table.
2: Yeah, so effects. Um, A person with low self-esteem can experience, um, they're extremely critical of themselves. They downplay or ignore their positive qualities. They judge themselves to be inferior to their peers. They use negative words to describe themselves, such as stupid, fat, ugly, or unlovable. They have discussions with themselves, called self-talk. Um, and that self talk is negative and critical and like,
0: uh, like, um, <coughs> sorry, it's just, it popped into my head. Like, there was uh, an SNL skit called The Chris Farley Show. And the, it's funny, so don't get me wrong, it's meant to be funny. But um, <sighs> Chris Farley is having a conversation with Paul McCartney from The Beatles. And he says to Paul McCartney, like sheepishly, he's like, So, do you remember when you were like you remember like Beatles Mania? And Paul McCartney's like, Yeah, yeah? And he was like, That was cool. And then Paul McCartney's like, Yeah. And then he like like Chris Barley like goes into himself and he's like, Oh, that was so stupid, like I'm so stupid, you know? Yeah. And that is what we're talking about, like self-talk, like I'm so stupid, you know, or that was, that was so dumb of me. Right. So, And I think we've all kind of heard people do that. And sometimes, like in the case of Chris Farley, like that can turn into somewhat of a bit. Like it's a way that um, you – like a person actually gains um, not self-esteem, but they gain attention that feels – good to them in that moment. So anyway, sorry, you uh, a way
2: of gaining attention. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry. I cut you off. It's
2: <coughs> totally fine. Um, so yeah, self-talk, critical, self-blaming. Um, they assume that luck plays a large role in their achievements and doesn't, they don't take credit for things that they achieve. Um, they blame them, blame themselves when things go wrong instead of taking into account other things, over which they have no control of such as actions of other people or things in their envi- in their environment um and they tend to not be able to take compliments very well so if someone compliments them compliments them they won't like recognize it or they'll push it back to the other person
0: yeah so the this problem is something that kind of has popped up in everyone's life at certain points usually as a person is transitioning into um a point of natural insecurity is when this problem will pop up uh you know you're like the new fish in the pond or something like that like you enter like a new school or or something like that and like so judgment and insecurity in your environment is, like, commonplace in in that situation. So um, it's natural for you to be susceptible to this sort of thing. Uh, But, of course, if you give in to those feelings and lies and so on and so forth, then there's some major uh, consequences that can happen. So you've got feeling consequences, you have relationship problems... Um, fears of trying, uh, like a legalism or like a perfectionism for how you do things, fear of judgment, low resilience. So like when you're dealing with the um, negative feelings, there's this constant voice in the back of your head that's criticizing you. It can be criticizing um, aspects of who you are, uh, how you look, how you do things, Um, this is uh, in this day and age it's often called I think shaming would be the right way of putting it except for you're the one shaming Mm -hmm. like in your head you're like I'm so fat you know Um, or I'm so ugly or you know I I'm so stupid or whatever Um, where we see a lot of the issues I think in regard to self-esteem works itself out in relationship problems um, our notes talk about tolerating all sorts of unreasonable behavior, unreasonable behavior from partners. And I think that that is, for me, that's where I've dealt with the most in counseling, is um, in relationships where you have people whose relationships are built essentially on issues with um, not understanding who they are in Christ and getting their sense of value and identity from another person um rather than from God. And so this leads to tolerating these really unreasonable behaviors because what they're trying to do in that relationship is earn that, um, the, is earn a sense of love, um, and to quiet the voices that are in their head. And oftentimes what happens is they find people who are repeating the voices. You know, so if in your voice you're saying, if in your head you're saying, "I'm so dumb," or, or anything like that, then what you're gonna find, what you'll oftentimes look for is a person who says that to you. Right. So
1: it's like an affirm affirmation, but in the negative sense.
0: Yeah. So then, on the other so you have, um, a codependent relationships oftentimes come out of this. Uh, the other thing that comes out of this is people who well like we talked about last last week we talked about avolition, right um so like a lack of motivation from a fear a sense of fear of like trying to accomplish things um that can also be there too um but the reason why it's there is because there's this feeling that you're not good enough uh this feeling that no matter what you do nothing changes Uh, that you have no real effect in in real time or real space. So why even try to affect those things? Um, So that's kind of a big deal. And then on the other side, you have people who try so hard and they think everything they do is completely summed up in everything that they can do, you know? Like like their whole sense of value is summed up in, for instance, a grade. You know, like they become... um, and it's there's nothing wrong with there's there's nothing wrong with getting good grades um uh in and of itself but um when a person's whole identity is based upon that grade there's that like movie trope that like cliche of like the person who like uh goes to school and they like waste their whole like high school experience or I, what was i just a couple months ago maybe it was pre-pandemic i saw A movie about like a coming of age like sort of quasi coming of age lesbian story um the movie was okay it was called book smart and um like the whole premise of the movie was these two girls who were like coming of age coming into their sexuality and they were trying to they were they were they they didn't like that they hadn't done anything with their lives, basically. They realized that uh, all of these people who valued things like partying and stuff were getting into good colleges, and yet they were also getting into good college. Like, how is it that the other people were able to get into to the same colleges and experiences, but they actually experienced life? So the whole movie is them, like, trying to experience life or something. It's kind of like a bad esque Super, super, bad. The movie, not super bad. <laughs> yeah. The movie, super bad. It's kind of like super bad esque, but for this generation, mixed with you know, identity issues and and so on and so forth. But the the point is that there's a cliche about that. Um, <clears throat> on the other hand of that, then you also so w- what the the point I want you to get is that what we're dealing with here is kind of a spectrum of behavior um, where there's you know. Uh, there's a fear of trying on one side, and then there's a fear of failing on the other side. Um, there's a fear of judgment and all of those things, right? And those lead to a person who really has a low tolerance or a low resilience for being able to take uh, burdens and adapt uh, to anything that's coming their way. They find it hard to cope with things. And this is where you you really hear that in this generation. You really hear this con- in Gen Z you really hear this, this concept of the snowflake, right? Where a person just melts under the tiniest bit of pressure. They can't juggle more than one thing. Which, by the way, you can't juggle one thing. Now you're just tossing it in the air. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of... Um, in terms of quality of life, there's a lot of things... That really reduce the quality of life um, when you're when you when you're suffering from this or when you're experiencing this, your quality of life is really reduced. Is the point that I was making, um, and that you know just affirms a lack of self care. It affirms this concept of not following through with making sure that you are taken care of because why would you? Because you're not valuable, right? And that's the idea and then that can lead to you uh, sort of balling up your feelings and so on and so forth shutting down these pathways and then you know but you're still human so you got to work out those things and so then that can lead to um like extreme behaviors like self-harming behaviors um, that are that are summed up in um in the idea of not valuing yourself the way that God sees you, so that can lead to self-harming behaviors, you know, eating disorders that are based around this um, internal voice that's telling you you're too fat, for instance, and that uh, alongside with the "You're too fat" is the "I'll never be loved, I'll never be accepted. Uh, people you know people won't like me if you know when, when I'm looking for a relationship. And you know, so there's there's that, and there's the self harm. It's like I'm not good enough. Um Yeah. There's the there's the abuse of substance, you know, which has a lot it can have a lot of messages uh to it. Um so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Um we spent about twenty minutes unpacking, so uh I was talking with Jake and Justine, and they were saying that this is, you know, something that they've had to deal with quite a bit, Um that they've had to work through, so they said they'd be willing to talk about it for a little bit. So uh I don't know. Which one of you guys wants to go first? I'm down. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, I can All go. All right. Okay. Before, before Justine goes, I just want to say, again, you know, this is a big topic, so... um if this is something you want to talk to us about, please feel free to do that. Uh, you can do that on the show right now. You can just send us a note, counseling at ABFPDX. We don't have to talk about it on the air. That's completely fine. Uh, even when we're off, like I said, this is our pen ultimate. That's our, that's our you know, new word for the night. Um, it's our pen ul- ultimate episode. But our ministry will be available, you know, all the time. Every Monday night between 9 and 10.30, there's going to be people from ABF who are willing to sit with you and talk with you about this. Uh, And you can reach us, set up an appointment, or um, even just message one of our counseling uh, things. You can even call our number. It's 971-208-5290 to reach out and talk about these things. Um, So yeah, keep that in mind as you listen to Justine and Jake talk. So
2: Okay. So yes, definitely for me, self worth has been, I'd say a struggle of mine and something that I even still struggle with to this day. Um, I would say for me, a lot of these things that were just listed, um, I resonate with or like I've had experience with, in different aspects of my life. Um, I'd say for sure the relationship problems, especially romantic relationships. Um, Anytime I was in a relationship with a, you know, a romantic relationship, um, I would definitely look for my worth within that person and, you know, get really... Sad or upset if I thought that they were upset with me, even though it wouldn't even make sense or anything like that. Um, and definitely uh, a fear of trying new things. It wasn't until, like, I was never, well, when I was really little, I was in ballet and tap, but, um, but, like, that was something my grandma encouraged me to do. But it wasn't until. I was like, um, junior in high school that I started signing up for extra things myself, like dance team or, um, leadership and like kind of venturing out and trying new things and making decisions and running fundraisers by myself. So it took me a while. Which to get
0: I just found out about. <laughs> I didn't even know that she did that.
2: <laughs> to get to that point, um, And so that's when I started seeing my perfectionism because once I decided to join something, I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted to be perfect at it. And I would even like hurt myself or like not sleep or not eat or like in dance team, there's a certain move that I was having a really hard time doing and I would practice it over and over again. And soon enough I had like a huge bruise on the side, on my side. And my dance teacher's like, what are you doing to yourself? Like, so Anytime I do go out and like try something, then it's hard for me to not try to be perfect at it. Um
0: did you did you uh do like self harming behavior besides that sort of thing?
2: No, it was always things that I like I didn't know that I was harming myself back then. Like I was just Right doing what I thought needed to be done to get the job done as well as I could.
0: Would you say it was like
2: obsessively though? Um, yeah, some of it for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then definitely a fear of judgment and like being corrected or not being like good enough for someone that I like look up to or, or love, um, that, and that still is hard for me to, to take in like, I still get really worried about um, being judged by someone or like someone being mad at me um, and then yeah like I mentioned earlier like a lack earlier a lack of self-care like all I don't v- value those things for myself and so I'll like take care of everyone else or just will ignore things that are happening to my body that I should take care of um, and that's so,
0: and that's like a real phenomenon too i think people when we think of self-care and a lack of self-care there's this implication that the person maybe like has stopped caring but oftentimes that person cares for everybody but them Mm -hmm. and that's like we've seen that with you like taking care of like your health
2: Mm -hmm, yeah it's like only still still big struggle for me yeah um
0: Do you, it's not to get too intimate here, but do you worry about that in regard to, like, motherhood?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yes, I have a baby growing inside of me, and I have thought about, like, yeah, just how I'm going to remember to take care of myself when I'm probably going to so badly just want to take care of the new baby all the time.
0: (laughs) I can, like, for me, uh, my wife had to talk to me and still does sometimes. Um, she had to talk to me a long time ago in the early days when my daughter Sophia, so she's eight, almost nine. Wait, is she almost nine? No. Yes. Yes, she's almost nine. Um, <laughs> it's the 5th of July. So, anyway, um, when she was first born, she had to talk to me and, like, remind me to take care of myself. Uh, Because I'm, like, very driven to work. And, um, like, I don't do... It doesn't come naturally to me to take care of myself. I, I like to work. And, like, I find a sense of value in being productive. And because I consider my wife, because I consider my daughter and my son a part of me, I think it's a natural inclination for me to neglect them. And so that's something that I like have to consciously work toward. And I remember my wife pulling me aside and being like, Hey, like what about this? And so that's something since then that I've, you know, I've tried to work to find a rhythm toward. So just thinking about that for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I think a lot of these struggles and a lot of these things that I've like gone through and, still working on just come from like my past and my childhood when I was younger for like seven years of my life um, I was sexually abused by my father and so like there's like a lot of lies there and a lot of confusing things for a child to go through and so then I was like put into a world, world of like confusion and fear and doubt and I think that's where a lot of my like romantic relationship problems came into, because mm-hmm. I was looking for that um, acceptance, or I thought my acceptance was put into my sexuality. So mm. it was like really confusing for me um, to try to navigate that and understand that. But as I understood my relationship with God more, then I was able to put those things into proper perspective. And that's been really helpful. And then, yeah, just like all the other things that were listed, that kind of falls into that because since I didn't have that safe environment and then even just like, you know, um, having to change schools every year, like some years I'd go to three different elementary schools in a year. So not being able to like make those friendships or have like a solid place to try new things or to be in sports. So there's just like so much fear or um, lack of trust within relationships in general and then not knowing how to navigate that at such a young age. So I think that's why it took me until junior year of high school when I broke free of some of those chains, if you will, Um, and then I was able to take more hold on like my own view of myself and I that's when I was starting to like slowly develop my relationship with God and understand like who I am more and um things like that so and we're gonna talk more about like the biblical side of things later but I don't know unless you guys have
0: had you been at the same high school like
2: oh yeah that's a good point yeah um it started so from like Head Start, because I started going, I was in Head Start all the way to fifth grade. It was like different schools every year, three, sometimes three different schools a year. And then in sixth grade is when we kind of parked and we were in the same spot from sixth grade all the way until I graduated. So I was able to make a couple really good friends, which one girl I'm like still really good friends with today. Um and then I was able to become so it took me from sixth grade to junior year to be comfortable enough with those students in that environment in order to like branch off a little bit more.
0: Hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, so it's uh
1: I guess it's a little different with me. I was thinking about it, and um, I don't really know where it began for me, like, doubting myself, Um, but I know that I struggled with it for a really, really long time, and um, I think uh, when it comes to, like, friendships in school... I tried to act more confident than I really was and so just you know to be accepted and um, so I would say things that would cater to or like kind of tickle people's ears or like say what people wanted to hear um, but I was really afraid to be myself and I remember like I didn't like the way my lips look when I was in elementary school so I'd tuck my bottom lip in a bunch and walk around like that because I thought that looked better. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Okay. I remember you doing that. I didn't know that's why you did that. Yeah. Can
0: What does that look like?
2: Huh. Yeah, I remember you doing that a lot. I never knew.
1: Yeah, I would do that. And I don't know, man. I don't remember exactly where it came from, but I just Did know. you get
0: made fun of or something? Or was it from like watching something or like no. a stray comment that was made to you? Uh,
1: I just remember looking at other people's lips and they were thinner than mine. And so I felt weird about that. Huh. Like I felt like I was out of place.
0: As you've gotten older, has the idea of like luscious thick lips it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue. So that's
1: like that was in elementary school. Yeah. So, like, so like age first and third or fifth grade. Okay. Uh but man, I even remember like having a crush on a girl in kindergarten and feeling really shy about that and like like that's something that's completely um, like weird, and I remember like crying uh, when I told my sister that I had a crush on someone. And she's like, "We should talk to her." And
0: do you remember that?
1: And yeah. And I remember like saying like
2: yeah, I remember like <laughs> really cried
1: because I was so embarrassed that I had. Like, I thought this girl was cute, and it's just really weird. I don't know where it came from, Um, but, yeah, I guess I all. and um, it would get worse and worse and worse as time went on. Um, It wasn't until I found God that I had a better self-esteem, but it's still something I struggle with. It's really weird. I
0: don't know. How did it play out, like, in the Navy and stuff? So, did it play into you joining the navy?
1: Yeah, it did. Like me having a bad self-esteem would also like be part of like why I would want to join the navy. Um and I think that when my mom and my stepdad got together, there was like a sort of new def- definition in the house um that would say looks like and I had no idea how I was going to achieve that. Um, and I also know, knew that I would never be able to fully get along with my stepdad um, without having that as my background. Mm. I just felt like I would be judged or yeah, not accepted. Because,
2: because before that point, our life was just about surviving. Because mm. my mom, like, she was a single parent, and yeah. it was like she was just trying to do, do the best she could for us with the cards that she had. And so, up until that point, it was all about just, like, basic survival mode.
1: Right, just being able to get
2: food. Yeah.
0: And then all of a sudden, so that was difficult. Then all of a sudden, you had a metric imposed on top of it that seemed unattainable.
2: Right, exactly.
1: So, it was just real rough, I guess. Um, So, in the Navy, um, my self-esteem was so bad that I didn't want anything to do with myself. Like, straight up, I would look for any sort of freedom to get, you know, a buzz or drunk or high. Um, Just I just, I was really terrible. Like, it didn't help. It was, it made things worse. So, yeah. It was God that fixed that. Nothing else.
0: How would you say, or for the both of you, I guess, um so justine like noted being at a time where i don't know if is i don't know if safe is the right word but like where it's safe like having enough time to to be in relationships that can be grounded and so on and so forth um so the environment becomes safe for you how would you say that an environment should be in order to feel safe, like coming out of two unsafe environments. You know, one where it's like you were just surviving and you sort of, reality's arbitrary because um, you never know what the next thing's gonna bring. That's, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next where, where there's some stability but the stability seems unattainable and difficult and, and uh, doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Um even though it is arguably safer. Yes,
1: yeah, so I'm sorry. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it, took, it took it took a long way around to get to that. So wh- what what do you think is the recipe? Like in your lives, in your lives, what what do you think is the recipe for like a truly safe environment? Oh.
1: Yeah. Um the biggest biggest thing is allowing your child to grow knowing christ truly um i think that i felt the best when i was affirmed that uh christ was with me and i remember even being at a young age feeling sad and stuff and i felt a lot better when i talked to my grandma shirley and she tried to teach me how to pray and she taught me to read the bible and to uh look at the Bible as significant and important even if I didn't understand why or how intense it was she did an adamant job to try to teach that Um, but it was so short it was just short-lived that teaching uh, I can think of like four or five times but I know it's been more but it just wasn't enough Um, it wasn't as consistent as it was needed for me and so it was soon lost out of my brain And uh, for my brain, I think naturally I needed more foundation that was biblical. Um, And so uh, I don't know if like money or uh, being nice to me or giving me everything I ever wanted. I don't think anything like that would ever fix that issue that I had. So that's the only thing that would fix it.
2: Yeah. And then on top, on top of that, so like a godly foundation, but then, um, like open communication within the household and like people being able to talk about their struggles, you know, whether it's the mother or the father or the child and for the person not to be judged or taking, taken advantage of within their struggle Um, and, you know, like, praying together or learning together and... It's, like, really
0: relational.
2: Yeah, yeah, and not just, like, you know, go to work, go to school, like, not just the motions and even, oh, now we go to Sunday and then just repeat and, like, just, yeah, more communication, more relational, um and, like, really understanding the other person's struggles.
0: Yeah, I'm reminded of, um, I think it was depression, the, the topic of depression during the season of Nightlight Radio, and I think we were talking about transactional relationships and, like, how a transactional relationship can lead to depression. And, um, yeah, so I, I think that the same is true, a transactional relationship can lead to the devaluement of a person. It seems weird to say just because if the relationship is transactional, then you're viewing a person as if they have value. And that could be good, except for that humans are invaluable. And so when you ascribe any value to that human, then it's actually less than what that human has the value of, and it actually makes them feel worse. Like you could say a person is worth, you know five billion dollars right but the moment you say that your life is only worth is your life is worth five billion dollars is the moment that the human spirit in fact i just did it i Freudian slipped it you know uh puts the word only in front of it my life is only worth five billion Mm dollars you know and so and five billion dollars is a lot of money like I've seen a lot of money in my day, like, doing retail or whatever. Like, I've counted bills, and I definitely have never passed $5 billion through my hands. Um, but can you imagine saying to your child, your life is worth $5 billion? Like, No, that
2: would be weird. But for me, if I heard that, I'd be like, wow, I'm worth so much.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? Because I have self-worth Right, issues right, personally. yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Well, uh thanks for sharing, guys. Uh let's let's try to tackle some of the the questions surrounding it. So uh we had some questions ahead of time, not a lot, but maybe kind of deep questions. So one of the big questions um is is questioning one's self-worth tied to sin. Uh and then let's uh, let's just throw out there again that our phone number is nine seven one two zero eight five two nine zero. If you want to text or call us, um, if you want to ask questions, comment um, on the on the video. It's a good way to do it. But anyway, um, is questioning one's self worth tied to sin? And does it defy God's? I guess it's two questions really. Does it defy God's creation to look down on oneself? What do you guys think? Let's let's split them into two. Is questioning one's self worth tied to sin?
1: Um, yeah, I think that there's a balance to that. Um, it doesn't have to be if you are looking at your self-worth biblically, but if you're looking at your self-worth based on a human's opinion, um, then you're basing it off of a sin. And so then your self-worth would be a sinful act does that make sense that's my thought
2: I, I think it depends on how you're trying to ask the question like i i feel like it's okay to to wonder your self-worth especially if you're struggling with it and then go into god's word and study it and try to figure it out um but not staying in that because then it could definitely bring you down a sinful road
0: yeah i think the second half of the question which i said let's trade us to uh, (laughs) does it defy god's creation to look down on oneself um sort of sort of gives us an idea of it but I would say that, yes, questioning one's self worth is tied to sin, and I think the term tied to sin is what we need to be focusing on in the mm-hmm. question. The truth is is that in a in a non sinful world, um, we wouldn't question our value that's I think that's what it comes down to um so in the sense that when Christ saved us from our sin, we no longer should have a value system, a metric for judging ourselves that questions our self-worth. Yes, I think you can say that. I think you can say that there should be no questioning of one's self-worth um, because of that, but because Christ saved us, right? And our understanding of that is where we get our sense of value from. That being said, uh, many of the books of the Bible speak on self-worth and how to understand yourself in regard to God. Um, I mean, it's it's ripe throughout the book of Psalms. Um, Romans talks a lot about the anthropology of man. Um, the epistles, like a lot of the epistles, just talk about how we should view ourselves in regard to God and what our theology about Ourselves as humans should be, as creatures that are made in the image of God. So, um, I I don't think that you can, I don't think you can live in a world that isn't that doesn't have a meaningful response to sin. Um, so to that vein, I think that it's completely logical for us to ask ourselves. Well, let me rephrase that: to ask God what our worth is. Uh, because we live in a world of sin. And until we don't live in a world of sin, there are confusing and conflicting messages about what our worth is. So, um, hmm, is questioning one's self-worth tied to sin? Yes, because we live in a sinful world and we shouldn't do it if we have a right understanding of who God is um, and therefore our relationship to him. But no, no, if you're asking if it's sinful to do that, like Justine said, it's not a sinful starting point. It's a sin-informed starting point. Yep. Um, but it's a sinful ending point, I, I would say, because the scripture is really clear what your self-worth is. You know, at the point where you sort of end on, well, I don't know, God, we'll wait and see. <laughs> you know, like, I don't really know what my value is. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um how I end this life.
2: Yeah, then I'd say there you have a bigger problem. Yeah. It's beyond self-worth then. Then then you're getting into not like listening to the Bible and what God says.
0: Yeah. So this next question, um, which I already read, does it defy God's creation to look down on oneself? Uh, I think when you're saying does it defy God's creation – it seems like there's a, in parentheses, a, um, does it defy God's maybe design for creation? Maybe is what you're asking. Does it defy God's design for creation to look down on oneself? And um, in that case, I would say yes. It depends on what we're talking about. (laughs) If what we're talking about is the value that God um, instills upon his creation, then it is defying God's um, design for creation. If we look at his creation in any other way than he designed it. And that's like, that sounds convoluted, but um, I think it's the, the truth. Like, does it defy God's creation to look down on oneself? Um, If what you mean by look down on oneself is to say, I am a sinner in need of a savior, then no, it doesn't defy God's design for creation. Um, If what you're saying to look down on oneself is, um, though I am saved, I... uh, my legal status before God is, um, you know, in, like not, not worth anything, even though he has saved me and he has given me his own worth. Like he's adopted me. I'm inheriting his worth. I think if you're, if you say that, then, then yeah, that does defy God's design. So it really just depends on what you're saying. Um, The key here is to understand what is God's design for His creation. So, like human beings, for instance, are in a created order; they are at the top echelon. They're at the top rung of the system of uh, physical beings, according to Scripture. Um, They are, they're, uh, well, they're a little bit below the angels in terms of. Uh, Matter or substance Or I don't know how you define the angels Because they're spiritual but they can also have corporeal Form they can also be physical in Some ways so um, But they're below the angels but above the Animals so if you If you look down on man and say That man is Like less than The animals then yes it defies God's Created order but if you say that man Is less than the angels then no It doesn't defy God's created Mm. order it just it depends on what you're saying. Um, if you're saying that you're unlovable, then yes, it does defy God's created order. But if you're saying that you are a sinner and therefore you are not um, righteous before God and therefore God has every right to not love you, then no, it doesn't defy God's created order.
1: Like saying you don't deserve God's love because you've sinned against him.
0: Right, and we don't, for the record. We don't deserve God's love. And I'll go a step further and say that if you understand God's created order, you would understand that we don't deserve God's love even in our perfection. Right. Like, like, if you understand who God is, you understand that no matter how perfect you are, you still cannot deserve God's love. Right. And, and that statement of um, uh, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the uh, glory of God, right? All have fallen short of the glory of God in Romans is, uh, it's a statement that applies even outside of sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> like, Go in. Even, even, if, even in perfection. I mean, look at what Adam did with his perfection. Like, a perf- it was a perfect man who sinned. I mean, that sounds weird to say, but if you think about it, it was a perfect man who sinned. So m- nobody is worthy, even a perfect person, is worthy of uh, standing before God as um righteous because our righteousness as scripture says is as filthy rags uh even our best even our best is that so if what you're saying is um does it defy God's creation to look down on oneself in that vein no that is how we're supposed to view ourselves yeah um and this is this is big aspect of understanding where our self-worth should be is understanding in reality the truth about where we fit you know being able to say i am not classically beautiful you know people might consider me to be ugly and then being okay with that like that's fine you know or i'm not i'm not an artist like it's okay for you to say that Like It's okay for you to say that I'm not, uh, or at least not a good artist. I think everybody's an artist in very specific ways. But, um, yeah, anyway. Let's move on, unless you guys want to talk more about that.
1: Uh, I just only had one thought. Um, Just basically understanding that in regards to not deserving God's love, uh, to recognize that... You are created um, by a creator. Um, so the being that created you, created you with love. And you're living as his creation. And so he loves you. You did nothing. You were just right. created. So no, you don't deserve that love. He gave it to you Because um, he wanted you to have it, yeah. So no, we don't deserve it just... In a mathematical sequence of events.
0: And it seems weird to say it, but actually it's very freeing. It's very freeing to know that our worth is not summed up in what we deserve. Because if you understand who God is, not only do you not deserve his love, but you can't ever attain it. Like, you can't ever deserve it. Even in your perfect state, you can't deserve it. So if you try to earn it, then you will fail. And that is a task that is depressing, honestly. Um, But, yeah, let's let's go ahead and move on because we actually don't have too much time left.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. Okay, so if man is created in God's image, why would issues of self-loathing, anxiety, or suicidal tendencies be so common? Is that a sin issue? How would you guys answer that?
2: Yes, it's a sin issue.
1: Yeah. It's failing to recognize... God's uh, full investment in your life and then taking any sort of chance to be freeing like Josh said and seeing that investment uh, away from him and that's taking away from God. And
2: I'd also say that the question itself is comparing mm, God's, perfect image to man's sinful nature.
1: Yeah, it's not accurate.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I think it goes back to the answer from last time. Um, this question doesn't take into account that we live in a fallen world. That's what it comes down to. The question should add into it. If man is created in God's image, and lives in a perfect world, then why would issues of self-loathing, anxiety, so on and so forth? The answer is sin. I mean, that is the answer, right? Sin has come into the world, and it's corrupted the way that man's relationship with God is. This question misunderstands the relationship with God. Our relationship with God is not one of perfection. Even in a salvific state, even in one where we have been saved, we still factor into our relationship with God's sin. I am... I'm aware that my relationship with God brings sin into the relationship. And I am aware that he is aware of it and he bestows grace upon me in order that I might have a relationship with him despite my sinful nature. So this isn't a per- Like in a perfect situation, in a situation where there was no sin in the world, like in Adam's situation, Right? There would be no self-loathing. There would be no anxiety. There would be no suicidal tendencies. But that is not the world we live in. Um, I'll add to it another caveat, which is the only type of – I think that in a perfect world, man is somewhat of a blank slate. I think that scripture will back that up, which is why it is that, for instance, uh, Eve was able to be tempted by the serpent and uh, new revelation was introduced, because I think man is meant to be a sponge for information. That's why our relationship with God um, is communicative in, in in nature. He wants to communicate things to us, and he built us to be able to receive those things. So I think if a type of revelation comes in, and it, and it says, and it brings in these ideas of self-loathing and doubt and so on and so forth, then I think man could get that, even if man hadn't sinned yet, um, which I think is what happened.
1: Yeah. Informed. Yeah. Think of the word informed.
0: So, but we live in a non-perfect world, and this question presupposes perfection. The answer is sin. The reason why people are made in the it doesn't change that somebody is made in the image of God. In fact, and we're not going to get into it right now, but in fact, because we're made in the image of God, that's the very reason why we would have these tendencies to begin with is essentially because something's not right. Mm -hmm. We know it's not right and we know that we're meant for something more than what we can actually accomplish. And that puts us in this state of tension, Um, yeah, because of sin. Uh, Does the Bible allow for self-esteem since we are to die to ourselves? Yes, Um, it allows for self-esteem in the sense that we can have a right sense of value in the lens of Christ. Um, it is okay, it is rightful for you to be strong and bold and confident in who God has made you to be, gifts and, um, <laughs> and curses alike, right? The life circumstances that you have gone through that have been terrible, uh, God's grace has made to, when you've given to him anyway, he's made it to make you better for his story. Um, and it's okay for you to say that. It's completely, it's right for you to say. All glory to God. I know who I am. Like I can boast in God. Uh, it's when a person says, "In myself, I am." I, I I have my own innate value, meaning that I have my own. Um, <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a like a theological term, non spirated value. Uh, that basically my value doesn't come from from or my value doesn't come from inspiration, but it's it's auto generated. When a person says I have my own auto generated value, that's not okay. M- meaning that uh, I get my value just from being me. Um, no, because there's no such thing as you just being you. You are made in the image of God. Your value comes from the fact that you're made in the image of God, and if you say. That my value, that the fact that I was made in the image of God doesn't factor into who I am, as so many people do today, um, then no, that's not okay, not at all. I don't know if you guys want to add to that, but that's how I feel about that.
2: No, I think you did pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think you can. I don't think you can justify that in Scripture. I would. I would ask anybody to. Uh, or the, you know, yeah, I would ask anybody to try to find a passage in scripture where where a person gets to find their self-worth based on anything that's not
2: God. Right. It's just not there. It just wouldn't really make any sense.
1: Yeah, well, I think the, the book of Ecclesiastes just kind of spells it out.
0: That we're meaningless? Yeah. Everything's meaningless, dust in the wind?
1: Yeah, it covers everything, and then he brings God into the picture.
0: Yeah. Um, it's actually really depressing, I I would say, Mm -hmm. if you think that you have a value outside of God. So does it allow for self-esteem? Yes, but not auto-generated self-esteem. Um, on the other hand, if you have a relationship with God, it 100% allows for you, and, and you should have a healthy understanding of who you are, where your sense of initiative and identity and all of those things, um uh culminate in like a very very expressive and artistic and bold person um who who actively tries to um glorify god by by walking in his image um which we're made to do that's like literally why we're made so yeah it it's okay for you to have self-esteem in that vein but but we got to be careful because just on the razor thin other side, razor thin edge of the other side of that coin is um, lifting yourself up and turning yourself into an idol. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. Paul says, "I boast in nothing but Christ." Right. Um, which is, I think, the best way to go. Um, do only Christians have value to God? No. <laughs> No, everybody has value to God. We're made in his image. You are not. Uh, some people think that because you're a Christian, uh, your sense of self-worth like begins by being saved. No. Why do you think God saved you?
2: Yeah. Or that because you're a Christian then you're better than everyone else. Right.
0: No, none of those things are true. The, the scripture says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right. So, in other words, we had enough value to Christ that He was willing to sacrifice Himself. Like, no, we're we're made in the image of God. Our value is innate. It's not auto-generated, but it is innate. It's instilled in us in our creation. Uh, so that includes you and the Muslim sitting next to you, and the homosexual sitting next to you, and uh, you know every single person who's made in the image of God. Um do only Christians have value to God? No. Um however, what I will say is that only Christians have value that makes sense. And I think that if I think it's really easy to say, just like on the basis of it, I'm not gonna hit all the different worldviews, but I will say this. The the most popular worldview is uh at least in Western culture it seems to be that you know, we're, we are um, atomistic, uh, deterministic reduction uh, out of you know, time plus chance evolution, basically. That we like come from nothing, essentially. And if that's the case, then we have no value at all. Um, so, except for what we make of it, but we all know that we suck at making things what we want them to be. They're, they never live up, even if we're, the, even if we're Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. Like it, we won't live up to our potential. Um, so, uh, without God, that seems pretty depressing. Um, but yeah, do only Christians have value to God? No. Okay, so let's let's kind of sum up the biblical position, and then we'll call it a night. So basically, um, so so basically, people have an issue with their self worth, and they tend to make it based on their own abilities, but that's not That's not true. It's not based on your own abilities. It's not based on your own skills. Uh, And the scripture is really clear. James 4, 6 says that God opposes the proud, right? So it's really important that we understand that our abilities are in God. Um, Oftentimes when people suffer from a lack of uh, self-esteem, they have a misunderstanding of their place in God's economy. Um, But that's not true either um, for instance, uh, we're supposed to be seen as servants in God's economy, but that is specifically the way that Christ is going to glorify us in the end. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So to, so the fact that you are serving does not mean that you should feel bad about yourself. And I think that oftentimes that's where people are. They have a misunderstanding of what is actually valuable. Um, and then there's, a misunderstanding of power you know there's this misunderstanding that people have of well like i said like god paid a high price for us um and god is capable of completing things like he who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it like god has the power in the relationship so oftentimes a person thinks they have the power in the relationship and then they run up against something that they have no power of and so then they're like oh my life is worthless well, of course, if you try to make yourself God, it definitely is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a comment in my notes that says, in one sense, low self-esteem is the opposite of pride. In another sense, low self-esteem is a form of pride. Right. <laughs> and that's that's the truth. Um, okay. So there's a lot more discussion that can be had about this topic. It's kind of like in all the to- all the topics, right? So again, if you wanna talk more about this topic, then this is something um, that we can talk with you about. And we hope that like some of the stuff we've given you will help you to uh, sort of get the, the juices flowing and to um, think about your own sense of value and self-worth. Next week, we are going to be talking about deconstruction. And that's kind of a, it's kind of a, yeah, that's right. You're supposed to remind me about that. Yeah, um, got it. I got it. So next week we're going to be talking about deconstruction. That's kind of a difficult term, but basically what, what's happening right now is that a lot of people, they get to a certain age and they sort of leave their faith. They leave their foundations and that has a huge psychological toll. Uh, and so we're just going to be talking about that, unpacking that. So if you have a deconstruction story, you want to talk about that, Um, if you know somebody who's deconstructing, um, yeah, that'll be the show for them. In the meantime, that's going to be our show for tonight. If you want to reach out because of what you've heard here, remember to email or text us. And our staff is always available to pray and to talk or to answer questions. And we do that on Monday nights from nine to 1030, but obviously all of those, uh, areas uh, means of contact, you know, have things like voicemail and and uh the inbox and so on and so forth. So we'll we'll get it eventually um and we'll reach back to you. So you feel free to reach out, feel free to um share this episode if that's something that you think is valuable. Um also if it's something that you think is valuable, remember please, you know, donate to our services. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to abfpdx.org. Yeah, if you think it's valuable, please share this with anybody who might need it. And remember to subscribe and to hit the notification bell because we only have one more episode left for this season, and we'll be back with you in 2022. Holy goodness. Um, Yeah, so that's it for tonight. Good night. Stay healthy. Stay vigilant the disclaimer. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio.